Coming up today on In The News. The annual crime numbers are out, but what do they really mean? Music festival season is also in full swing, and people are leaving behind a huge mess. And make sure you join us all the way till the end today, because we have our hot knot coming up, and you're not going to want to miss this one. All right, so thanks again for joining us for our second episode. We're back. We are back. We made it. We made it. It's awesome. Glad you're back. Um, we got a great show lined up. I think it's. I think we're looking pretty good so Should far. Be good. Let's yeah. get right into it. And uh, we were starting off with uh, the crime stats that recently came out. Uh, once again, Saskatchewan, number one in the country for crime overall. Regina, now number two after uh, being in the number one slot, surrendering that now to Saskatoon. Good job, guys. So, <laughs> you know, like at least we moved down one spot, but it's still like... It's not a title that anybody's proud to no. have. And yes, credit to the fact that they are saying crimes are going down. But if we're still number two, don't be sitting there giving everyone a pat on the back just yet. There is obviously some some work to do. And uh, you went in and you actually got some of those numbers out of the report. Yeah, I was um, trying to figure out what's all going on here. Because um, I was just, I'm a little skeptical sometimes on numbers. Um, but I was like, ah, let's take a look. And I went on Stats Canada. And they are saying that, and this is all for 2014. And they're basing it on... Um, per 100,000 people. Which is a normal way that crime stats are measured. It's a per capita basis to try to make a comparable stat across the country, right? So everything is based on per 100,000 people, and they often break it down into different categories. Yeah, which um, I was kind of overwhelmed with first at how many categories they have. I'm like, wow. There's a lot. There's a ton. Could, probably could have spent another half hour just going through all the statistics that they had. <laughs> right. So... Um, for Saskatchewan, for 2014, for higher violent criminal code violation. Yeah, That's so for the more for more the more serious offenses. Yes. In Saskatchewan, the number was 12,084.04. Don't forget that .04 there. <laughs> per 100,000 people. Canada's was 5,774.25. So we we doubled more than Canada's doubled. overall number. So mm, for having a population that's just over a million now compared to somewhere in Ontario and Quebec, that's a kajillion more. It doesn't look very good. It does not look good at all. But you have a problem with these numbers. I do. And uh, there, there's a couple different things with it. Number one, I think it's important to remember that this is per capita. Just because the numbers in Regina look worse than the numbers in Toronto does not mean there is more crime in Regina than there is in Toronto, right? Correct. This is just a way to compare it across the country. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind. There are not more murders here than there are in Ontario. No, and that is something that I did look at um, at the start of the stats. The overall number, they're not comparing anything. Per capita, it is the overall. We were lower. Right. Per, right. And the second thing I want to mention just before we move on is that this is police-reported crime. These are right. crimes that have been committed and actually reported to police and recorded and are definitely criminal offenses. 
This doesn't take into account all the unreported crime. True. Be it little things like just minor thefts that might not get reported or even things like sexual assault. How many and of those go unreported? there's a ton that's not reported. And they say that less than 40% of crime in Canada as a whole is actually reported. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind when we're looking at all these numbers. You're not getting the full picture. Unfortunately, it's really the only numbers we have to work with, so mm -hmm. we tend to run with it. But I think it's just important to keep in perspective the overall picture and how there's still a lot of gaps, and we're really only getting the tip of the iceberg so to speak but it is something that is kind of a little scary to think of is that there's something a place that has a smaller population compared to other ones and we have a higher stat that is where i kind of like uh, i it, don't it doesn't know. look very good no it, it doesn't it really doesn't and one last quick thing to note okay that um in, that i was reading they're saying that um overall crime rates um you know in regina or Saskatchewan, they're saying, is even leading the crime rates in decreasing. But I was also reading from a global article, breaking enters are up. So on the one hand, you have, you're saying crime rates are down, but you have breaking enters that are on the rise. So all yeah. kinds of numbers, not always easy to make no, sense of them. Not at all. Moral of the story, lock your doors. Let's move on to our second topic. Fires, politics, reporting. We're continuing on with our discussion from last one about the fires happening in Saskatchewan and BC. Right, and uh, still plenty burning and uh, some political controversy burning as well. Not only that, a little bit with uh, reporting style as well. There was an interesting article that came out, and I'm actually going to read it verbatim here just because it's fairly short. Um, and it was done by, uh, the reporter's name is Adam Proskew, and he works for infotel.ca. And this is in a local, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a local online portal, uh, based out of BC. And he covered, uh, Stephen Harper's visit, uh, a little while back out to the fires. He was there with, uh, Premier Christy Clark, and they went for a little tour walk around uh, and it was a photo opportunity for the media as well and this is a story that he wrote so the headline is man in blue suit thanks firefighters and it was from west Kelowna. for a second straight day firefighting efforts at the west side road fire were the backdrop for political photo ops today several federal politicians stood around waiting occasionally wiping dirt from their clothing while sweaty, ash-covered, exhausted-looking firefighters surrounded them for the tightly controlled photo opportunity. Helicopters carrying empty buckets buzzed overhead, and a steady stream of wildfire fighting aircraft circled prior to the event. Handlers for the federal and provincial leaders promised reporters a chance to ask questions, but BC Premier and local MLA Christy Clark answered only two, while the Prime Minister declined to answer all but one question. He made various statements about firefighting efforts, including a possible discussion at some time in the future about sharing in firefighting efforts. Provinces fund their own firefighting. It's not a federal responsibility. After more than an hour wait, the press conference was over after less than five minutes. The Prime Minister would not take questions about why he was there, how much time the photo opportunity took from firefighters, or what resources were used in the photo effort. A federal election is less than three months away. The Shelter Cove wildfire remains uncontained at around 460 hectares. 
I love this article. I absolutely love this article. And a lot of people do. I love it too. It's it's a breath of fresh air. It's about time that we have a reporter that is reporting exactly what is happening in a press conference. The wait time, the lack of questions being being asked or answered, and just all the frustration that is happening. The things that you don't know that's going on behind the scenes. Now you finally know. Well, let's be clear. This is all 100% completely factually accurate. He didn't include any quotes in there, but it was still a completely factually accurate article about what happened. Um, Even though in the headline, he didn't even acknowledge the prime minister. He was just a man in a blue suit, which if you look at the pictures, he is wearing a blue suit. He is. But also even just looking at the pictures and the way they did that article, um, if you go to the article, which I greatly encourage you to do, because yes. it's it's great to actually see it in context. And if you look at the picture that they included, it's a picture that is focusing on one of the firefighters standing behind Harper and has Harper actually a blur. And the firefighter is just exhausted looking. Like you can tell he is tired and doesn't want to be there. And I I don't know, like I say, I think it's just such a different way of reporting. You look at the Canadian press article that was written. They included uh, different quotes from Harper. Um, They uh, said that, of course, he was thanking the firefighters and had talked about a possible coordination of resources in the future and uh, included a picture. There was two photos released one of harper walking along the line thanking the firefighters the other one of him and christy clark kind of walking along the road with these fires in the background or whatever they were talking discussing very picturesque style pictures well exactly those are what the pmo office wants out that's what any politician wants out and i mean it doesn't matter whether it was harper or trudeau or mulcair or any other political leader that's what they want those are the kind of photos they want look really good it does. This article, it doesn't make him or really Christy Clark look very good. No, because it's calling them out on what it is, which is a promotional chance to be out there. And I think the one one sentence in the article, federal elections coming up. Yeah. Why do you was, think he went there? Do you, do you think he really campaign. went there out of the good of his heart? Hell no. He went there to try to make himself look better so that people will be like, oh, look at our prime minister doing all these things for people in need. Let's vote and keep him in office because he's going to help with the firefighting and have federal funding come in. Bullshit. I'm sorry. No, that's not what's going to happen. And I just think it's interesting and and like big props to the reporter and uh, and the whole uh, online news portal for doing that. And yeah. for having the guts to do that, because after you do something like that, your ties with the prime minister's office and any communication through there, probably not going to be as I smooth going forward. I think you can kiss those goodbye. <laughs> right. But it's something that everybody who's ever covered an event that's involved, the prime minister or any other high level politician knows it's the same process. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of conservative supporters would even admit that Stephen Harper is a very much a control freak. He needs to have that degree of control. Yeah. Uh, Even more so than some other federal politicians. Of course, everybody wants to always be able to channel that message. 
but here's somebody who's decided, you know what? No, we're not going to play by the rules. We're going to call it as it is. And like I say, it's just an amazing breath of fresh air and great Kudos to see. to this reporter and to the editor for allowing this to be published for making a bold move in journalism. Is this something that we should see some more of across the country? Absolutely. I think we need more of this boldness to show sides that are not always being shown because of fear or anything else, really. As long as there is no, as long as you're not being biased about it, which I did not pick up in that article, go right ahead. We need this. Call it like it is. Exactly. So we're back. Uh, glad you're sticking around for our second episode. Uh, Brady Knight, Kaylee Gailman. Hey. It's great to be here. Yeah. And uh, a, little, a little warm in here, but we're, we're doing good. We're, we're making we're making it work. We're getting yeah. by. Um, lots of warm weather this summer and lots of music festivals in yeah. full swing right across the country. Uh, but quite the mess being left. Oh, my Lord. Is there ever a mess? So one specific one was the Pemberton Festival that happened. Right. In B.C. Um, four day festival with bunch of different styles of, uh, of music coming together for just a really good time. I know some people that went, they had a, a fantastic time because right. that's what that's for. Oh, exactly. Problem, if you haven't seen this picture on Facebook, it's, it's unreal. It's awful. The place is left a mess. There is garbage everywhere. There are tents, lawn chairs, um, mattresses, like everything. You could barely see the ground. There's just garbage everywhere. As far as the eye can see. And it's in the middle of BC. The mountains are in the background. Like everything just looks so beautiful. And then there's just garbage everywhere. This is how that festival was left. So I'm, I'm just going to take this opportunity to back up a little bit uh, to uh, my youth and growing <laughs> up. Because I'm so, so old. So, oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, I remember once driving down the highway with my mom and I asked her why there was all this garbage in the ditch and where it came from. And she's like, well, people took it out of your vehicles. And so I was like, oh, that's what you do. And she's like, no, you do not do that. You do not ever do that. And that was so drilled into me from a young age that it never even occurred to me to chuck something out the window, let alone leave behind a whole entire mess at a public music festival. (laughs) I'm just going to leave my whole campground just behind. Right? No, like it's for sure. I'm the same way. Yes, I am guilty of once in a while I have tossed something out my window or just been like, oh, whatever. I don't have time for this. Right? We all are. But this is to the extreme. Well, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what to call it other than just straight up laziness. There's no excuse for not doing it. and laziness. Exactly. Everyone that is guilty of leaving all that garbage around there. And I know some people are fine, but there got to be a ton of people for that amount of garbage. Do they not realize that there are people that come after you to clean this all up? And that's so what that, their whole job is. So that you can come back next year and have a festival. 
Well, exactly. And it's disrespectful to the organizers, to the people who are paid to clean up, the volunteers for the festival Mm -hmm. who help out, to other people there, to the environment, and even yourself. Like, come on. Pick up your... Pick up your trash. Well, exactly. It's not that hard. It doesn't take that long. It's... I don't know how else to say it. But the thing is that some people don't realize that... And this isn't just Pemberton. This is Craven. This is any festival, really. The more you act this way, if you're going to continuously just leave your garbage everywhere, you're not picking up after yourself and you're not taking care of the area, it starts to take a toll on the planners, on the organization. Because guess what? They're going to have probably politicians, environmentalists going down their throat being like, deal with this. Because if you're going to keep this up, you can say goodbye to your festival. And then you're Simple not going to have answer. a place to go. Yeah, you're not going to have any more festivals to go if this is how you're going to do it. We want these festivals can, can, to continue. They're a good time. They're good for tourism. All these things. Like everything is good from it. Minus this. Because you can't get off your lazy ass and walk over to the garbage and put your garbage away. Or maybe go and recycle your water bottle. And it's not even just festivals. I, I remember after Canada Day here in Regina. Yeah. It was awful. The morning after, just walking through Wascana Park, it was disgusting. We had went to the um, fireworks and walking back to our vehicle, parked like a mile away, and walking back and we're walking past the um, legislative building. Right. And already there were people starting to kind of clean up because there was just a ton of garbage everywhere. It was awful. And that's just here at home at the legislative building. Do, do people not understand that if there's nothing that happens with this garbage, it just wrecks everything and it looks awful. Take some time. Respect yourself. Take respect some pride the area in where, where you, are. you are. Well, exactly. And pick up after yourself. Especially somewhere like BC too. Like that place is beautiful. Take some pride in where you are. Get just get off your ass. Throw your water bottle in the recycle. Throw your old tent, whatever, in the garbage. Make it easier for the volunteers so that they don't have to come and clean up after you. They're not your moms. Respect the places you go. Pick up after yourself. It's really not that hard. Brady, are you hungry? You seem a little on edge. I'm always hungry. You won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> um, yeah. Our last topic is being hangry. So before we get into this, um, anybody who knows me knows that I can't really go any more than about three hours without eating something. (laughs) And coworkers know it. People from school know it. Friends know it. Family certainly knows it. You always have food. I I always do. I, I literally keep a spare box of granola bars in my car. Just in case I ever, you know, run out of a snack on the side of the road or something like that. And I I need to pause. Why is that? Because, you know what? After a little while, I just get really hungry and I can't function. And sometimes I even get hangry. No, it's it's an actual thing. It actually happens. And especially if I'm already tired and running on a little sleep. Yeah, if I start to get hungry, that's like... I need to stop and eat something. And I know it because other than that, I will start to fly off the handle, so to speak. Oh, I'm I'm the same way. If I don't have some food in my system, you oh, watch out because 
I turn into the Hulk. I get really mad. And it turns out irritable. And it turns out there's actually science behind this. Yeah. There's Uh, science to everything, right? Of course. (laughs) So this came from one of my favorite pages, uh, which is I f***ing love science. Um, You can guess what the bleeped out word was yeah <laughs> um it seriously though despite the name it's an awesome page oh, really yeah. informative really great and so so this is how they explained it basically your brain needs uh a lot of things but it also needs glucose to function well which you obviously get from eating food uh and if your glucose levels drop too low such as when you're not eating food uh your body tries to compensate for those uh levels by producing various hormones to uh, produce more glucose and those hormones include stress hormone hormones and adrenaline not what exactly things that not exactly things that cause a pleasant mood no so behind all this is this isn't just a thing that happens for no particular reason there's there actual science. science and it doesn't happen to necessarily everyone um there are some people that can handle it a bit better. And there are some people like us that just give us a freaking snack and we'll be okay. We just need that sugar so that we can function. Because apparently our brain is just not working right now. Well, exactly. Right? But you can tell because it's not just the angry side that's a side effect. It is, like mentioning before, like I, I get irritable. You get, you just I'm not. I'm not focus. Able, well, like I can't you concentrate can't, on you anything, can't function. Right? And you can feel it. I know sometimes like, well... If I skip breakfast and I go to work and then I'm like, I'm a server, so I can't eat right at 12 o'clock or something. Sometimes I'm not eating till two, three in the afternoon. Oh, by that point, if I haven't ate since the night before, I just, that's when I screw up. I can't focus. I'm just, my body shuts down. I, I can't even leave the house in the morning without eating something. It does not matter how late I am running for anything. I will always grab at least like a banana and a granola bar or something just because something in your because system. i can't function yeah. without it and that's just the way it happens to be for me and apparently i'm one of those people that uh constantly needs food and it's nice to see that there's kind of some science behind this it makes you, you feel know, a little bit I'm better going, about yourself i'm just right? not going crazy right not yet at least all right it is time for our hot and not thanks for the beautiful singing brady oh oh yeah yeah anytime anytime obviously brady got some food in his system because he's in a lot better mood now oh yeah no we're, we're good to go good to go so kaylee hot or not this week in the news okay so who i think is hot and deserves some credit in BC the other day, there was an orca that was stranded. Right. And reading the article, it just sounded awful. This orca, I guess, just was kept crying, just really upset. Well, the thing is, is that if it's out of the water and it's stranded up on rocks, because the tide comes in, brings the whale in. If it gets pushed up in some rocks, the tide goes stuck down. Stuck on the beach there, right? It's stuck. It can't get out. And it, it'll die if it doesn't get back in the water. So a couple people were around... They saw what was going on, heard the crying. For six plus hours, they were pouring water on the whale, covering it with wet blankets, trying to keep it alive so that when the tide came up, nature took its course, brought the whale back into the water, 
safely and now it's with his whale family. How, so, how can you not smile at that? I know. I'm, I'm just, just sitting over here and I'm just like, He has That's the awesome. cheesiest smile on. It's just a heartwarming story. And kudos to those people that saved that orca. You guys are hot. Good for you. And on the flip side. <laughs> okay, so my not so hot. I think this is absolutely hilarious. Ashley Madison got hacked. Oops. For those of you who don't know <laughs> what this Ashley Madison is, it's a website, ashleymadison.com, for infidelity. It is a website that you join to find other people in your area that want to have an affair. Okay, this is way outside my realm of expertise, but okay, sure. Okay, we're, what what happened now? There is a or multiple hackers that got into the system, got personal information like who is a part of this and all that kind of stuff and was threatening to release all this information. And they actually did for a couple of people, one in Canada and one in the States, just to prove that they had this, this was information. Legit. Yeah. They were legit. So the reason why this is my not so hot is because it's in, this is just in Ottawa. One in five people are on this site. What? Really? Is your marriage that shitty? Just leave. Do you have to go cheating? Do you have to go on an a infidelity website? Think, is this what our society has come down to? That you go on a website to find someone to go and sleep with, to have an affair, and then your life is just better? You know what? Release those names. I think you deserve it. Okay, so not quite as bad as that, but also not so hot this week. Those people at music festivals yeah. or Canada Day here in Regina. Just or come out at, on. Or out at Craven. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. Just pick up after yourselves. It's, it's not hard. It's not hard. It doesn't take long. Pick up after yourselves. Show some respect. Act like an adult. Just be proud of where... Just be proud of your surroundings and that you have an opportunity to do stuff like this. Because guess what? Not everyone does. I didn't get to go to Pemberton. Maybe I want to go. Maybe you're going to screw it over for me. I don't know. And on the hot side this week, uh, actually a shout out to the Regina Police Service. I had a chance to go on a ride along Friday night, uh, on a Friday night. And if you ever have the chance to do it, highly recommend it. Uh, big shout out to Constables Keith Salomon and Dana Adams. Uh, great uh, pair of officers. And it really gives you an insight into the different situations, the different stuff and the different people that these guys deal with on a daily and nightly basis and a real new appreciation for the little things they do you hear about them when they make a big drug bust or you hear about them when they do something wrong but there's in between all this day-to-day work that goes in and they put in such a great effort and uh so just a big kudos to uh regina police service and police across across the country for doing such a great job well thanks uh for joining us again for episode two yeah that just about wraps it up for us uh but as always you can keep in touch on social media Uh, i'm on twitter at brady knight one and i am also on twitter at gilman at kaylee no at kay gilman sorry i can never remember my twitter at kay gilman 
And you can also find us online in the news, yqr.blogspot.com. That's where you can find uh, all of our episodes. We'll have everything yep. up there. And we're interactive on our Facebook page. Just search in the news. And, and give us we'll a like. And, uh, and we're on iTunes now. We are. Uh, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, you can search in the iTunes store. Just search for In the News under Podcasts, and you can subscribe there. Uh, we're very excited about that. I uh, just got that up and going recently, so yeah. you can also listen to us on iTunes. Perfect. Well, um, let us know what you think. We always want to hear your feedback. Um, you can send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, just whatever. Say hi. If you have a story idea, too, we'd love to hear Thanks again, and we will talk to you guys next time.